Hello, all you horror fiends out there. I'm Eugene Weaver, your host over here at Cinema's Soft Underbelly, your one-stop shop for all things horror, gore, hard-to-find, obscure, little-seen gems in the rough. And today's episode, I'm going to be talking about, I thought that uh, I, I wouldn't really want to focus on a director and his body of work. And being this is Cinema's Soft Underbelly, uh, I want to focus on a director that is a little more, a little bit more not as well known, but has uh, has some good movies uh, credited to him, and one stinker that I've actually already talked about, but I'm going to bring it back up again in this episode. So uh, this episode is de- dedicated to Victor Garcia, and Victor Garcia, uh, he's my age, and he's from Spain, and. Um, he uh, he has some really good direct-to-video movies out, and he just recently came out with one that I just watched on Netflix that I'm going to be talking about a little bit more in depth today because it really is a good movie. Uh, <clears throat> I'm just looking over his IMDb credits here, and I do see that he was uh, he worked on some special effects for the movie uh, Dagon, which is a really really good H.P. Lovecraft story. Um, from director Stuart Gordon. I think that it's one of Stuart Gordon's better movies, and I would love to see that uh, finally get released uh, on Blu-ray. So that's one of them. He also did some special effects for Hellboy and a werewolf movie called Roma Santa, The Werewolf Hunt, which I thought that was mediocre at best. Uh, so <clears throat> I'm going to get into his his movies. Um, I've seen most of them, uh, although not all. Um, he, he got onto the scene with a short movie called El Ciclo, I I think, uh, again, he's from Spain, so I'm, I probably am butchering that, that name there, so sorry. Um, but he did work on, he did direct 30 Days of Night Blood Trails, um, which I believe I saw and it was like, it was okay. But his first, his first movie that, that I thought was very, um, a very big thumbs up in my book is the underrated and underappreciated return to House on Haunted Hill. And this is a sequel to the 1999 Dark Castle movie, and which I love. I love that movie. It is uh, still holds up quite well in the uh, in the scary department. Some of the CGI effects towards the end especially don't hold up, but that's that's okay. It's still a good movie. I've watched that thing numerous times and I've watched Return to House on Haunted Hill numerous times. Now, Return to House on Haunted Hill, the Blu-ray uh, of this has uh, a really cool special feature to it that you can choose uh, You can choose how the characters, their decisions. And so you, you do that with the uh, your remote, and there's like 96 different possibilities of how the story can unfold. And the movie itself, if you just do the playthrough, it's only 81 minutes long. So, I mean, basically just consider it to be a whole bunch of deleted scenes that you can kind of navigate around in while watching the movie. Um, but uh, I personally, I think the movie works so well as it is in its original form that I don't really care to see that. It's 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 kind of gimmicky, but um, anyway... Uh, I'm going to get into the 
actual story here. If you watch the original House on Haunted Hill, not the original, but the, the remake from 1999, then you know what this, this thing is about for the most part. This is a continuation of that story. Um, the house has a second story, even more terrifying than the first. When a new group of unsuspecting visitors enters the legendary House on Haunted Hill, they come face to horrifying face with an unimaginable, unrelenting evil. Trapped with the spirits of the sadistic Dr. Vanicut, uh, played by Jeffrey Combs, and the insane asylum inmates who died there, the newcomers discover one by one that this time the house won't let anyone leave alive. The welcome mat is out. Do come in. Uh, so, for what it's worth, this is a direct-to-video movie, and it feels it feels like that. There's some... Uh, what made the 99 version so cool was the actual location of this, of Haunted Hill, was so impressive. I mean, it was this huge, huge, imposing... Uh, building right by cliffs and water, and it, it's it was such a unique design, and it was such a a good layout for a, a haunted house movie, basically. And this is the same setup, although there is some CGI to portray the outside of this of of Hill House this time, or, and uh, it doesn't work um, so at all. And I probably said that wrong. I said haunted Hill um, Hill House. It's not that. It's that's another thing. That's you don't want to watch the haunted the the uh, what was it called yeah the other haunted house movie that that came out back when it was terrible terrible um, but and I'm not even going to spend any time discussing that thing because I actually th- I thought about that to bring that up in while talking about this movie but it's it's bad real bad uh, so anyway back to this one um, looking here yeah so there's some of the cgi is very sketchy the r-rated version is 79 minutes unrated is 81 minutes and 81 minute version unrated is definitely the way to go it's very gory even if some of the stuff is cgi'd uh, it is pretty gruesome and that's one thing that i do like about uh director victor garcia is that he doesn't hold back he uh, even with meager budgets he really tries to uh tries to gore it up as much as possible uh, so, if you liked the first one, seriously, I am hard-pressed to find any reason not to enjoy this, at least on a on a basic, you know, 80 minutes long, a continuation of the first story, the haunted house, and some of the characters that played into the first one, they're, they're brought up, uh, and relatives of them are incorporated into, uh, into the movie, so... Um, Anyway, uh, just looking over the, uh, the the notes here, and there's not a whole lot of info on IMDb, although, honestly, I think that the budget was, you know, for what it is, I think it's good enough. Again, the special effects were quite good, and production values were good. It's a Dark Castle movie, and uh, if you're watching this show, you should know uh, what Dark Castle is. They made a really a bunch of really good movies back, uh, back in the... Uh, late 90s into 2000s. I'm not, I don't know if they're still doing stuff, uh, but this was one of them, and this does get a thumbs up. I thought it was a very good movie, so check it out. It's not gonna, if you don't like it, it's only 80 minutes long, so you could definitely go do a lot worse than this. Um, So anyway, back to uh, Victor Garcia's filmography. After Return to House on Haunted Hill, he came out with a movie called Frost Giant. And, uh, pretty certain uh, that this is a sci-fi original, which I have not seen. Uh, so uh, I'm, I'm guessing that it's, 
yet yet another one of those bad bad sci-fi movies it looks like a you know you've got this big dinosaur looking creature it uh, looks too good to be true and it probably is so i did not watch that um and i it, it one of those where if it would pop up on uh, netflix i would probably give it a shot just because it's him and i do appreciate and i i i like the work that this guy's done uh so i would probably give that a watch next up is a movie called mirrors part 2 and you're probably groaning, thinking, oh, my Lord, you're actually talking about a Mirrors sequel because the first Mirrors was really not good, um, which is unfortunate because there was a lot of talent in front of and behind this, the, the screen on that one, uh, directed by Alexandra Aja, which I, he's one of my favorite directors. He's done, he did the Piranha remake, Hot Tension, um, Hills Have Eyes. I think the guy is a great director from France. And, um, and I don't know what happened with mirrors, but man, for every cool scene in the movie, there was five not cool scenes and it drug on and it just did not work. And I like Kiefer Sutherland quite a bit. And even him in the movie, I'm like, this is hard to get through. So, um, anyway, the sequel, however, is uh, quite interesting. Uh, Nick Stahl, uh, from, uh, the third Terminator and, uh, well, yeah, you should you should know who Nick Stahl is. He's I think he's a good actor. Uh, he kind of fell off the map. Honestly, he kind of fell off the map after this movie. I thought this was from 2010, and I have I have not seen him in a whole lot of anything since then. I know that he had some issues, I guess. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So I I'm not sure what else he's done, if a whole lot of anything since then. Um, but he was the main star of Mirrors Part Two. And I'll read the back of the Blu-ray here. Uh, Inside the mirrors, the dead live on, waiting for vengeance. When a young woman is brutally murdered in front of a mirror that is a portal to the world of the undead, her spirit goes on a murderous rampage. One by one, she stalks the men and women responsible for her horrific death, exacting revenge by dismembering and eviscerating the guilty. They can't run, they can't hide, they can't look into the mirror. So there you go. And it's another one that has an unrated uh, version of it, rightly so. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty graphic. Uh, I, I liked this. In fact, I liked this movie more than the original. It's, it's 90 minutes long, so it, that, which is kind of standard horror movie runtime, um, which is good. The, the first one w- ran too long, I remember. Um, the storyline is very straightforward. Uh, it's, it's one of those where it's not a whole lot of figuring out to what's going on, but that's okay. It does what it's supposed to do in 90 minutes. It's not boring. Uh, the acting is decent for what it is. The, uh, the violence is really gruesome. There's a couple of hardcore gore scenes in this, which is anymore it's like i expect that from this director that there's going to be a couple of really good set pieces and i really like that that he does that that it's like okay even if i don't like the movie like the one after mirrors 2 that i'll maybe talk about just briefly there's going to be a couple of gore scenes in there that i can at least be like yeah all right that's kind of cool so is this going to be the best thing you've ever seen is this the best movie from 2010 not by a new york mile However, it is still uh, quite enjoyable for what it is. You don't need to watch the first one to get the whole gist. 
And um, I think it's a good movie. I think that uh, for the uh, for fans of horror not looking for, you know, a whole lot of deep thought, just kick back, have a couple good scares, some gore, slickly made, and get out. It fits the bill just fine, I think. So uh, I give that one a thumbs up. I've watched that one, and I've watched Return to House on Haunted Hill numerous times, and each time I'm like, yeah, I enjoyed that. I still enjoy that. Um, so next up, and I'm, again, just briefly going to hit on this one, and that would be Hellraiser Revelations. I've already talked about Hellraiser Revelations uh, in depth before on one of my first shows, so I am not going to really spend a whole lot of time on that here, but basically Victor was a gun for hire uh, on this, and the budget is extremely low, and this was basically made just for uh, just for Dimension to keep the rights for Hellraiser, and uh, doesn't feature uh, Doug Bradley, and it's an hour and 15 minutes, and it's it's fairly silly. The one thing it has going for it is the comedic value in it, because it is that bad, as well as some great gore. And knowing that that was the director, I'm like, yeah, this is probably going to have some good gore in it. And it's like, it just felt like half the budget went to really good special effects. So anyway, if you want to hear more about that movie, check out uh, check out my other pod show where I talk about that movie, as well as uh, a lot of the other Hellraiser movies. Uh, those are hit and miss, more hit than miss. Uh, but uh, anyway, that's enough for of uh, Hellraiser Revelations. He did a short movie called T is for Tiles, and T is for Tiles was on uh, the ABCs of Death. And uh, I got to tell you, I don't really remember. I watched it. I watched uh, I watched ABCs of Death one and two, and so I don't really remember this one because each one of these was. Uh, each, each, basically, what the movies are is each letter of the alphabet gets a couple minute short movie, and they hire a whole bunch of directors to do them. And so he got one of them. T is for tiles. I don't know what I don't, I don't remember it, um, but I did see it, uh, and I dug ABCs of Death one and two. It's one of those where it's kind of hit and miss. Half the movie is good, and the other half is just not good. And so I couldn't tell you where this one falls. It might be really good. I don't I don't remember. So. Um, anyway, next up, and the best one, is a movie that I just watched called The Damned, also known as Gallows Hill. I gotta say, I was very, very impressed with this movie. Uh, by far, uh, Victor Garcia's best movie. I think that it hit all the right notes. I think this is a true gem in the rough. I think that, and it's all, right now it is on Netflix, and it's on um, Amazon Prime uh, Instant Video. Although you have to rent rent it from there, but I highly recommend watching this movie on Netflix if you if you have Netflix. If um, to give a brief synopsis of the movie here, after a family is involved in an accident, they take refuge in a secluded inn where they free a girl locked in a basement without knowing she's an ancient evil spirit. And I, it sounds a little bit um, like, yeah, 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 that's, you know, been there, done that. And yeah, it's very true. It's got very much a been there, done that feel, but that's where that stops. Uh, it stops right there. This movie is very well shot. It looks like it, it feels like it was shot in Spain, but uh, I don't have the right information here to 
to to see. The budget was five million dollars. Um, actually, now I see it. It was shot in Bogota, Colombia. So uh, there you go. In fact, it it felt like like it looked familiar. Now, granted, I I was in Bogota, Colombia, not that terribly long ago. Not that I would have known the shooting location, but it it felt South American ish. Uh, so, but five million dollars is a pretty hefty budget for a direct-to-video horror movie, and the money is on the screen for sure. High production values, uh, good acting, almost across the board—not quite, but almost across the board. Good acting, um, and as as I said before, this guy knows how to do gore, and 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 it's not like it's drenched in gore from start to finish. It's not. Uh, it's got a good, good slow buildup, and then every now and then there is just, bam, this shocking, violent scene, and then it's back to, you know, back to the story. And I got a very big Evil Dead feel to this movie. Um, evil, basically, you take the possession aspect of like the the Exorcist, and combine it with the Evil Dead, and that's kind of what this. Was and this one here was good enough to where there's a couple plot twists that if you're as you're watching you're gonna see it, but I don't want to spoil it on this show because I really really think that uh, you should watch the movie. It's not that scary. Yeah, there's there's the the usual loud bumps that are meant to be scary. They're not really, but that's not the reason that I enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed this movie because the production values were very good. the The budget was up there on the screen. The violence was good. The special effects were really good, but it—you could just tell—it felt like, like they were doing their own Evil Dead, and with a twist, of course. Uh, but you know, creepy little girl in it—that's crazy little possessed witch woman. Um, it's just really good. I couldn't believe how much I liked it. I think that I gave that four out of five when I watched it, and I, it's definitely one that I will have on Blu-ray. I actually have three of Victor Garcia's movies on Blu-ray, and I'm going to make it four because I'm sure I'm going to get the damned on Blu-ray, uh, especially if there's any special features. I'd like to see what went on behind the scenes of that movie and see, um, I don't know, just see what how it was made. Uh, I was surprised. That was one that I would have I definitely seen that in the theater, uh, but it's not the type of movie that gets wide releases in fact and there's there's bigger movies that just pop up on Netflix every week it seems that that just fly under the radar and I think this is one of those flying under the radar ones you look at the the, the picture of it and you're like in the title and you're like yeah, yeah here we go another quick Netflix horror cheapy and um it's unfortunate that that's the way that Netflix is um but you know I'm not sure how else they could do it to build some of these movies up other than just the synopsis, but so often you'll click on a movie on Netflix and that looks good. And then there's a, a whole ton of horrible reviews and it's just a crapshoot. You just, this might be good. This might not be good. Um, uh, I've seen, and I've, I've touched on this on a previous episode to where it's looking for those gems in the rough on, on Netflix. And, you know, for every gem, there's, um, there's a lousy movie, or there's two lousy movies, but every now and then you'll find one that you're like, okay, that was big thumbs up. And The Damned is a huge thumbs up, in my opinion. Much better than some of the other ones that I've watched recently with 
even more A-list cast and directors and and all that stuff. So uh, I highly recommend watching The Damned, Mirrors 2, and Return to House on Haunted Hill. If you really want to see his whole filmography, sure, go ahead and check out Hellraiser Revelations. Um, Maybe find Frost Giant and watch it and let me know what you think of it. I'd like to... And just in the off chance that it actually might be something more than just a cheapy sci-fi movie of the week with a hired gun, which I'm guessing that's what it is. Um, but anyway, so uh, that's going to be it for for his filmography, which I covered them all. He doesn't have a whole whole bunch, but uh, I thought that they were they were worthy of inclusion on my show because. They don't get enough props, uh, I don't think, especially Return to House on Haunted Hill and Mirrors 2. They're sequels to already fairly low-budget horror movies that did get theatrical releases but you know didn't make huge bank and aren't like the most remembered movies. But they are, for what they are, uh, I think they're very good. And I think that these types of movies here could easily have been complete and utter pieces of trash. Uh, so often, like cheap, cheap cash-ins. But I think that even, and even with Hellraiser, uh, I think that he did the as good as what he could with the extreme short amount of shoot time and budget and acting restraints and everything. Uh, I've seen what the guy can do with a bigger budget, which is the, the movies that I discussed today. He is a very competent director, and I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what he does in the future. So... Um, anyway, big thumbs up there. Uh, I always like to discover directors that uh, are kind of flying under the radar, or if you're not a big horror fan, you may not even recognize the name. But I, that's he's he's a name now that I recognize when I when I see he's got a new movie out. In fact, I saw that with uh, with the one that he had just got done making this The Damned. I'm like, ah, it's another Netflix cheapie, and then I'm like, oh. But it's directed by Victor Garcia. Interesting. Okay. All right. Well, I should uh, I should check that out. And sure enough, I was not only pleasantly surprised. That was a true gem in the rough. In fact, I um, I'll probably hit on that over on my sister show, Movie Freaks. Uh, it was good enough for that. So anyway, uh, you know what? I still have a little bit of time. So I'm going to while I'm recording, I'm actually going to be hitting on a couple other real quick uh, movies that I've watched recently that you can scratch off your list of movies that you should see or, hey, I should check that out. One of them is a movie I just watched, called, and this kind of ties in with what I was talking about with the this, these flying-under-the-radar movies on Netflix. <clears throat> uh, I just watched one called Mockingbird. And oddly enough, it's, it's another one of those where you look at the cover and... It's like, oh, jeez, this is going to be another lame, uh, lame, no-name horror movie that pops up on Netflix and the cover is too good to be true. And it's it's actually not that bad. Uh, I skimmed over it at first. I'm like, yeah, right. Uh, Creepy-looking clown on the cover uh, stalking a uh, house at night. I'm like, oh, that just screams not good, cheesy Netflix movie. And uh, then I, I, I'm like, well, let me just see what this director's done. And I'm like, oh, he did, okay, that's interesting. He did 
The Strangers, which was a very good, well, I hesitate to say very good, but it was a very effective uh, home invasion movie that came out back, uh, oh, when did that movie come out? It's been a little while now, uh, 2008, so it's it's about five years old, something like that, but very effective and very scary and holds up quite well. And I'm like, wow, when did, what what's this all about? So, um... So I watched it, and I'll tell you what, it it wasn't bad at all. I gave it three stars out of five. Um, it's another one of those where, at this point, found footage movies have been done to death. And this is another found footage movie. And each one tries to bring their own unique spin on it. And so I appreciate that. And sometimes it really works like uh, the uh, Deborah Logan movie that I talked about. I love that movie. Great movie, scary movie. This one here has a really cool setup. Um, it deals with a, a, a husband and wife and their two kids and this single lady and this this loser living with his mom. They each get a box, a, a gift-wrapped box with a video camera that is stuck in the on position, so it's always recording. And there's they're being told to do things or else. And the husband-wife couple, they're... Their kids are gone at a roller skating rink, and so things start to tie together with all three of these people. It kind of starts to come together, uh, and it works for the most part. It's one of those – is it a gem in the rough on Netflix? Yeah, kind of. Uh, it's only 81 minutes long. doesn't overstay its welcome. It has a couple really cool parts. It's not that terribly scary. It could have been much more scary. It has a, a neat twist ending, which I like. I liked the twist ending. I read somewhere online that this movie sat on the shelf for a couple years, and which kind of surprises me unless it was one of those things to where the found footage movie has been done so much that that um, they're not as lucrative as they used to be. Uh, I mean, even the diminished returns of the Paranormal Activity movies, uh, which I rightly so. It's like, come on, let's get on with it. Uh even with the ones that are trying to do a unique spin on the found footage movie, like Frankenstein's Army, and uh, even the Rennie Harlan movie that he did, I thought was really good. Devil's Pass, I think it was called. I thought that was a, that was a good movie. Uh, and Mockingbird does fall into the thumbs up. Um, not a huge thumbs up, but a, a thumbs up to where if you're a horror fan and if you dig the found footage subgenre, then you should give this one a watch. It's, they definitely try to do enough different things to keep it fresh. Uh, of course, with almost all of these movies, towards the end, you're like, okay, enough. Keep the camera still. It's too dark in the room. And I get it. I, you know, more for realism. But after a while, it gets, it's like, come on. Um, but at this point, I, I much prefer standard, obviously standard shot horror movies, but a really well done found footage movie is quite effective, I think. And this was, it was good enough. It was good enough to watch. So, and you're probably thinking through all these, wow, you're only giving me one true real gem in the rough. Um, yeah, that, I guess, but um, that's what this show's about. I like to try and find these movies that, um, you know, they may not be the greatest thing ever, but they should be watched. And Mockingbird, I, yeah, I think that that should be watched. I, I would say that that's one that to, I can safely recommend. And speaking of found footage, I've got one more that I'm just going to quick hit on and then I'm done. And that is The Houses That October Built. And again, it's very much trying to 
bring something new to the uh, found footage uh, found footage subgenre. Uh, interesting premise here. Uh, beneath the fake blood and cheap masks of countless haunted house attractions across the country, there are whispers of truly terrifying activities. Looking to find an authentic, blood-curling good fright for Halloween, five friends set off on a road trip in an RV to track down these underground haunts. Just when their search seems to reach a dead end, strange and disturbing things start happening, and it becomes clear that the haunt has come to them. And I believe that they actually did go to real haunted house places. Um, and and I'll tell you, and then they, they walk through the haunted houses. Some of that stuff is quite effective, and it really works. It's not that terribly scary. And, of course, as usual, our our the people with the cameras are doing stupid things that they shouldn't be doing. Um, but as it progresses, things get definitely more sinister as they try to find this hardcore haunted house and it gets much, much more sinister. Uh, and just when I'm really getting to starting to get sucked in, then some bad acting happens or plot device to keep the story rolling. And you're like, no, no one would do that. Um, but regardless, is it watchable? Very much so, yes. If you like found footage movies, it is a watchable movie, uh, especially the haunted house footage because it really is creepy and it's it's like the real deal haunted house like over Halloween when they come out with elaborate sets and people dressed up. But it's trying to focus on the people behind the masks and are they quite all there? And are they you know what what if they're actually what if some of them are actually crazy and and plotting ways to to get to you? And so it's a it's a good setup. It's one that would probably, I would have probably enjoyed it like right around Halloween, even a little bit more, but being the horror fan I am, was it worth watching? Definitely. It was worth watching at least once. More than likely, I'll probably watch it again. I personally think that this would have been much better not being a found footage movie. I think that this would have been a perfect, uh, a perfectly good story for a a real movie. And I don't hate to say real movie because these are real movies, but the, you know, Ones with actual cameras, taping actors, acting, and and all that stuff. Has a good ending uh, that you're probably going to see a mile away, but it's still it's still good. It's one that I would recommend as a, if you're a fan of this type of movie, if you're a fan of Cinema's Soft Underbelly and what I'm trying to do here and get out there, definitely check this one out. But don't, uh, don't go in thinking, oh, this is going to be the next best uh, found footage movie. That's not the case. Deborah Logan, that's that's where it's at. Uh, Frankenstein's Army, that's where it's at. Um, but anyway, and I've gone way, way, way off course from my original Victor Garcia movies, but I had enough time, and you know me, I can, I can talk horror movies all day long. I can talk movies all day long. So, um, But that is going to wrap it up for this episode. So I do hope that you've enjoyed the Victor Garcia episode. I hope that uh, I've maybe turned you on to a movie or two that you may want to watch and hopefully you enjoyed them as much as I did. Uh, so you can get hold of me at eugene-weaver at hotmail.com and make sure that to uh, tune in to uh, our friends over at Cinema Sidekicks as well as my sister show, Movie Freaks. And Movie Freaks is over on uh, YouTube currently and Cinema Sidekicks is over on iTunes. So again, I appreciate you listening and until next time. <laughs>